morning. And wow, wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that wonderful? The praise of God Most High. And everyone here got to participate in that and lift our voices up to the only true and living God that exists. You know, there's people worship all kinds of gods. But our God is the only true God. He's the only living God. What a glory it is to be able to be His children, be a part of His family. So, I want to share with you a passage out of the book of 1 Corinthians. The church in Corinth, you know, they had all kinds of issues and problems. They had people getting drunk at the Lord's table. They had some guy living with his stepmom. And they, I mean, they just had all, they had division and strife and conflict and false teaching and, and all of this. I want to talk about one of the things that some people were teaching in Corinth and uh, talk about the message it has for us. Now, if Christ is preached that He has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Do you believe in resurrection? Do you believe you'll be raised again? You can nod your heads yes or no. Yes, you believe that? I believe we'll be raised again. But there were people in the church. Can you imagine what would happen if someone got up here in this pulpit and preached, there is no resurrection, would they get to finish the sermon? <laughs> Maybe not. This was going on in Corinth. And Paul is addressing that because evidently some people were buying it. You know, people will believe anything. Did you know that? If you doubt that, look on YouTube or uh, Instagram or something like People will believe anything, right? These people... Supposedly, Christians are believing there is no resurrection. So Paul addresses that. He says, but if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. So he says, now listen, if there isn't a resurrection, you know that means Jesus wasn't raised, which is a cornerstone of our Christianity, right? He says, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up if, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in God, in Christ, have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead. So he goes through and he talks about these things that would be the case if Christ wasn't risen from the dead. And I wanted to talk with you just about that a little bit. We're Christians, right? We're not Muslims or Buddhists or Taoists or anything else like that. We're not pagans. We're Christians. Fundamental to Christianity is the belief that Jesus Christ was a real man. He walked and talked on this earth, just like you and I do today. But that this real man was also God. And that he died after preaching for roughly three years. And he died, he was crucified, he was put to death with the promise that He would come back to life. And we as Christians believe that a real man who was God did that. 
And he really came back out of the grave. He came back alive. That's fundamental to Christianity. But I want to ask you, what if Jesus didn't come out of the grave? I mean, what if he wasn't resurrected? What if the whole thing's a hoax? What if it's not true? What if Jesus didn't come out of the grave? What would change about your life, about our world? What would change about us? Well, I want to cover a few things that would change about us if the resurrection never happened. If Christ is not risen, Paul says, then our preaching is vain. What does that mean? Preaching is vain. Preaching is when we talk about the gospel, right? We tell people about the Word of God. And he says, if Jesus wasn't resurrected, then preaching is vain. Vain means worthless. Now, you may have heard a sermon or two that you felt like were vain or were worthless. But Paul is making a bigger point here. He's saying Christianity, the preaching of Christianity, would be vain. It would be worthless if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. The reason is that Jesus would have been a liar and a fraud. If Jesus didn't come out of the grave, then He was a liar. He said this, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not sold, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That was a promise of Jesus. Have you ever been comforted by any of the promises in Scripture? Have you ever had a hard time? I mean, things were really bad. And you went to Scripture, you read some of God's Word, and you were comforted by some of His promises? I think most of us that are Christians can realize that at times we've taken great comfort from the promises of God. But if Jesus did not come out of the grave, you can't believe any of His promises. Because he said he was going to come out of the grave. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, you can't just throw away the resurrection and believe the other good stuff that Jesus said. There's no hope in that. Jesus was either who he claimed to be, or he was crazy, or he was a liar. And he was a fraud. The hour is coming which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Do you believe that? Do you believe that after you die, you'll be resurrected and you'll go either to heaven or to hell? Do you believe that? If Jesus wasn't resurrected, there's no reason to believe that. There's nothing fundamental that makes that true if it wasn't for the teaching of Jesus Christ in Scripture. And if He didn't come out of the grave, not only can you not believe His promises, but you don't need to worry about His warnings. The warnings that Jesus gave about those that call me Lord, Lord shall not enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, so many passages like that. Warnings about don't go on the broad path, but go on the narrow. You can just disregard all of that if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. Because he's not someone who's reliable. You know, it's also true that if Christ is not risen, Paul said, we are found false witnesses of God. Do you know what a false witness is? A false witness is someone who, in court, will tell something as true that's not true. They'll say they saw something they didn't see. 
They'll say they didn't see something that they did see. They'll tell a lie about their witness, about what they witnessed or what they saw. Has anyone ever told a lie about you? Have they? Yes. People have told lies about me. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that's a terrible thing, right? None of us like to be lied about. But the truth is, if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, all of the apostles were liars. Every one of them. Peter, Paul, John, James, all of them were liars. They said, this God, this Jesus, God has raised up of which we're all witnesses. Peter said that in Acts chapter 2. Last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. Paul said that. He said, I saw him too. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. John said that in 1 John. Now, the truth is, these guys, all, every one of them, to their dying breath said, Jesus came out of the grave. If He didn't come out of the grave, you can't believe anything they said. All the stuff about husbands loving your wives and wives reverencing their husbands, you can throw that away because that's, that was written by liars that, that had some agenda or something. If Jesus didn't come out of the grave... There is nothing that we can read that the apostles said that was right. In fact, Paul goes ahead and says, We are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom He did not raise up. Now, if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, none of the things that you read that the apostles wrote were true. Their, lie, their deaths, their deaths were in vain. There was no value in that if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. If Christ is not risen, then our faith is vain. And once again, vain means worthless, right? Well, that should make sense and be reasonable. If the things that Jesus said were not true and the things the, the apostles said were not true, then the rest of the Bible is not true and your faith is useless. Your faith is worthless. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, right? That's what faith is. You get faith when you hear the Word of God. Now, you're all here because you wanted to hear some of the Word of God taught to you tonight, right? That's why you came. That's why they scheduled this gospel meeting. To have the Word of God taught to us. Because we as Christians, we put faith in that. I trust in that. I have confidence in the Word of God. But you know what? If Jesus didn't come out of the grave... There's no value in the Word of God. I was talking just today to someone who told me that they knew, knew some folks who were active members of the church and just for some reason decided that they were atheists. And yet, for 40 years now, they have lived as atheists according to all the moral principles and teachings in the Bible. I mean, they're good people and they do the things the Bible says do. They just don't believe in God. What's the point? There's no point in that. There's no value in that. Your faith is worthless. It's worth nothing if Jesus Christ didn't come out of the grave. If Christ is not risen, then the dead do not rise. We all expect to be raised again, right? 
Now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. But each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ's at His coming. Now in 1 Corinthians, he's still talking about resurrection here. And his argument is this. Jesus was the very first one. He was the firstfruits. He is the one who of His own power came out of the grave. He's the very first one. He's the one that the Bible says He died, but He was raised to God to never die again. Now, there were people who were raised from the dead before Jesus, but they all died again. Lazarus, he was raised from the dead, but he died again. Jesus Christ was raised to never die again. That's what His resurrection was. And He was the first fruits. That means He was the very first one who died to never be Never die, or who was raised to never die again, right? If he didn't come out of the grave, what makes you think you're going to? If he wasn't resurrected, what do you think will bring you out at the end of the coming? You know, the dead loved ones are also lost forever. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. You know, all of us have lost people that we were close to, right? Okay? Um, You've got my father on the prayer list here. My dad has cancer. Okay? He's had a lot of surgery and it's... They've tried and tried to get it, and it just keeps coming back and just keeps coming back and keeps coming back. Now, there's another treatment they're going to try, and we're hopeful about that. But the truth is, even if this other treatment cures this cancer, it's not going to make my dad immortal. My dad's going to die, okay? And when he dies, I have hope that I'll see him again. I have confidence in that. I have faith that He will be raised someday. But the truth is, if Jesus wasn't resurrected, those you've lost that are dead, you've just lost them. They're just gone. There's never going to be another greeting. There's never going to be another hello or another hug. There's never going to be any other relation that you have with Him. They're just gone forever if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. And you personally will not be resurrected. The hour is coming which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. You personally, if Jesus wasn't resurrected, you won't be resurrected either. Because He was the first fruits. He was the beginning. So not only have we lost our loved ones, but we lose ourselves. And it's just all over. And that's not at all what we want or how we live. You know, probably the biggest thing in my mind is if Jesus isn't not risen, you are still in your sins. You know, when I was baptized into Christ... My confession was, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then, Merle Fielder, y'all know Merle? Y'all remember Merle? Merle Fielder dunked me under that water 
and lifted me back up. And I believe, and Scripture teaches, that my sins were forgiven at that moment by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He died as a sacrifice for my sin. And then He was resurrected. And in baptism, that's what we show. We are buried with Him by baptism into death that we might rise to walk in a new life just like Jesus Christ did. That's what resurrection is. That's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves to you and I. And yet, if He didn't rise from the dead, the truth is, you're still guilty of your sin. Your sin has never been washed away. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I'm a gospel preacher. I am. I asked the kids today if they thought I was old. Most of them wouldn't answer. A few of them went, yeah, and a couple of them did this, which I appreciated. I'm 60. So, yeah, am I old now, young folks? That's pretty old, isn't it? I'm 60 years old. I believe, I've spent my whole life teaching this to people. What a waste of my life if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. I mean, I could have done some stuff that was not this. I mean, I could have done some stuff to really provide for my family in ways that I've not provided for my family. I could have done all kinds of things if this isn't true. I've baptized lots and lots of people. And if this isn't true, as I baptized them, them believing Jesus was washing away their sins, I was just deceiving them. Just making them believe something that wasn't true. Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive that gift and you shall receive forgiveness of your sins. But if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, not only haven't you been forgiven, but you can never be forgiven. Your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. It's impossible for you to receive forgiveness of sin if Jesus Christ didn't come out of the grave. If Christ is not risen in this life only, we have hope. You don't have any hope of beyond. You only have hope here in this life. Look at what is said here. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. That's a hope. That's a real hope that I have. My grandparents are all dead, but I hope they were all Christians, and I hope to see them again someday. In fact, I believe very strongly in that. But if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, that hope is false. That hope is empty. That hope is flat. And we are to be pitied. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Now, Peter says this. He said, when we told you about this, we weren't following these cunningly devised fables. He said, we believe this stuff is true. It is real and it is true. But if it's not, we're kind of like those people who 
spend their lives believing some crazy myth? Do you know people like that? People who believe things that are just, you, you, they're just, not to offend anyone, but I had a student while I was teaching who watched some uh, YouTube videos, and he came to science class all enlightened to teach us that the world is really flat, and it's not round, okay? And he, I mean, he had watched all these videos and stuff, and we talked about it in class because I let my kids bring up whatever they wanted to bring up and let them present the evidence, and he did that, and I talked about the evidence that the world is round, and he couldn't answer any of the things that I brought up, which was understandable because he just watched a couple of YouTube videos. But we got to the end of it, and he said, well, it can be flat for me and round for you. Now, I, you know, maybe that kid will grow up and realize that the earth isn't flat. But we look at people who just choose to believe things that are crazy, and we go, man, that's sad. I mean, that's sad that someone would really believe that. You've probably seen videos or news stories about people who will go to some foreign country and go to some psychic doctor when they've got some terrible disease, and this psychic doctor supposedly able to pull stuff out of them, and, and, and we go, isn't that sad? They're just losing their money, and, you know, they're being duped. They're being tricked. If Jesus didn't come out of the grave... We ought to be pitied just like that. I mean, the people who aren't Christians ought to look at us and they ought to go, <laughs> those silly people. I mean, why would they believe things like that? You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is central to everything in our world. It should be central to you. And it should be something you think about. It should be something that comes up more than just on Easter after church and before the Easter eggs, okay? It should be something that is a motivational and driving force in the beliefs and the things that you have in your life. If the resurrection never happened, our preaching is empty. Our faith is useless. We're lying about God. We're still in our sins. There is no resurrection. We have false hope, and we are to be pitied. I say, well, preacher, you've really brought us all down here now. This is all real discouraging, huh? The beauty of this is what Paul says next. If Christ has not risen, your faith is futile, you're still in your sins, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. And then he says this, But now Christ is risen from the dead. He is. Jesus Christ, a man who was God, lived on this earth 2,000 about years ago. He was murdered on a cross. He was buried for three days, and then He came out of that grave. And after He came out of that grave, He went and found His disciples who had all fled. And He said, hey guys... I'm here and I want you to go tell the world. I want you to be my witnesses to the world. And these guys did that to the point that the, every one of them but John was put to death for telling people that Jesus came back. And as we look at this, because Christ is risen, Jesus and the apostles spoke the truth. The Bible says, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. 
Did you believe Jesus Christ came out of the grave before we started tonight? Will you shake your head, yes or no? Yes? Okay. Do you believe it now? Do you believe He came out? Why would we not tell people that? My goodness. You know, my dad has cancer. People have come out of the woodwork with all kinds of things that will cure cancer. Because they love my dad and they don't want my dad to die, right? Oh, well, if he'll take this or if he'll drink that. People tell good news. Why would we not tell people? Why would we not tell our friends? Tell the people we work with and tell the people we go to school with. We talked this morning about what kids can do to be involved in the church. And several of them brought up, well, we could do Bible studies with people. We could invite people to church. Absolutely, that's what you do. Why? Because Jesus came out of the grave. Greatest fact in human history. And it's a fact that has changed lives for thousands of years. We can be forgiven of sin. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power of God to save people, to forgive sins. What's the gospel? Do you know the gospel? Could you tell me the gospel in a sentence? The gospel is Jesus Christ was killed, He was buried, and He was raised again. Rosened again? That's not even a word. That's not the gospel. The real gospel is that Jesus died, He was buried, and He was brought back to life. And people saw that, and there's proof of that. There's eyewitnesses to that, and there's people who saw it were willing to die for it. The gospel is that Jesus died and became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God in Him. The gospel is you don't have to go to hell for your sin. Jesus came and paid that price. Isn't that good news? I think that's tremendous news. Your faith is well-founded. The faith that you have, that you share with everyone else here tonight, it's founded on something that is trustworthy and believable. I live, the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul lived a life that was guided by Jesus Christ. You see, you and I live this life of faith, and it's a life that is very difficult to live, but it's a life that can be lived because Jesus is trustworthy. His Word is trustworthy. Jesus did the impossible. He came back from the dead. And that's the impossible that He did. And because of that, your faith is well-founded. It's founded in evidence and truth that we don't have time to get into tonight. The Bible is true. The Bible is the Word of God. The words of Jesus are recorded in the Bible. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Do you believe that? You know, just down the road from my house, they are building, have built, and it's growing, and they're building onto it all the time, a huge Buddhist temple. I mean, it's big. And when we were getting ready to come here, we drove down that road, and my wife said, Ooh, they're having a big ordeal. And I'm telling you, there are cars parked everywhere. Hundreds, thousands of people come to that big Buddhist temple. Why are we not telling them about Jesus? 
Jesus Christ, the Bible, is the truth that so many of those people, they, they don't know at all. My wife and I had an opportunity to study with a family who were Muslim. Okay? And they live in Frisco, Texas. You would think someone in Frisco, Texas, and they'd been there for several years, would know about Jesus. They didn't. They didn't know. They hadn't read any of the Bible. They didn't understand any of the story. They didn't know. How would they know? Well, the only way they would know is if someone taught them, someone told them. We have God's Word to mankind. There's nothing more valuable or more important than that. It's not... It's not more valuable if you can predict what the stock market's going to do. Can you predict that? You know, there's turbulent times right now in the stock market, right? Some of you are a little invested and maybe less invested, and you're going, oh, I don't know what we're going to Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. Wouldn't it be cool if you could predict what the stock market's going to do? You're going, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be great. This is far better than that. Far better than that. It's the knowledge of eternal truth that will last forever. And we have genuine hope. Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know, when I was in, in uh, Oklahoma this week, just yesterday on the way here, I stopped and visited my parents. And I talked to my dad, and my dad said, said Michael, when you uh, get a chance in the next little bit. If you have a day or so you could come back, I'd appreciate that. I said, sure, Dad. I'll be glad to come back. What, what's going on? He said, well, he said, I want you to go with me out to a cemetery and pick out a grave plot. I said, oh, okay. I'll do that, Dad. And, you know, it's a little sad to think about doing that with your dad. I don't know if some of y'all have been through that. It's a little sad to think about doing that with my dad. But you know what I believe? Is I believe that all of the years... My dad's 86 years old. He's preached the gospel for 70 years. I believe that work was not in vain. I believe everything he did was valuable. Everything he did was tremendously valuable because his labor was in the Lord. And labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I want to convince you tonight, one, to tell people about the gospel of Jesus because He came out of the grave. And number two, to convince you that your labor in Him is not in vain. It's not worthless to teach your kids about Jesus. It's not worthless to go to another church service where old brother so-and-so's preaching and, well, you know, he's not my favorite. That's not worthless. Is it tomorrow we're going to go sing to folks? Tomorrow there's going to be singing. It's not worthless for your children to go and bring joy of God's Word in singing songs of praise to God to some of the members of the church. That's not worthless. Everything you do. When you pick up your Bible and you read a chapter and you go, man, that's confusing. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. That's not worthless. It's valuable because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And how do you know that? Because Jesus came out of the grave. That's the way you know that. He did the impossible. And all of the labor that you will ever do for the kingdom of God 
is not in vain. Now, the opposite is also true. All the labor you do in the world, you know what Solomon said about that? He said, it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. He said, even if you're well, and Solomon in his day was more wealthy than Elon Musk is today. I mean, he was tremendously wealthy. He had everything he could desire. He said, you know what? When you die, you don't know if a wise man or a fool's going to get it. It's just all going to be gone. It doesn't do you any good. Had a man one time that uh, had Alzheimer's, was a member of the church, and I went and ate dinner with him and walked out to the car, and he followed me out to the car. And uh, he knew he had Alzheimer's, but it was very early on. And he said, Michael, I want to talk to you a minute. And I said, okay. He said, uh, he said I've got Alzheimer's. And he said, you know, when I was young, all I cared about was making money. And he said, I was good at it. And he was. He was worth a lot of money. He said, I was real good at it. And he said, you know, the only thing that's gotten me is my kids fight with each other over who's going to get my money. And it won't add one minute to my life. Now, I want to ask you, does that sound worthwhile to you? It doesn't to me. And I'm not saying quit your jobs and be paupers. That's not my point is that this man who spent his life chasing money, and he had come to the Lord and become a Christian, and, and all of his labor there was not in But if he had put all that energy and work into serving Christ, can you imagine what could have been done? And it was labor that wouldn't have been in vain. Your labor is ne- even if you invite someone and they say no and don't ask me again, your labor's not in vain. The Lord appreciates that work. And the Lord has promised, and we can trust His promises to reward that work. We are to be envied. This slight momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. You know, since Jesus has been raised and reigns forever, All of our obedience is valuable. And everything that you go through, every problem that you face spiritually, every persecution, it's just a light thing. It's just no big deal. Because of the glory that we we will receive. Because of the blessings that we will receive. I know you've probably noticed that America is on a path that... uh, Probably not a real good path. Have you all noticed that? It's not not becoming more spiritual, is it? It's becoming very anti-Christian as a culture. And when that comes, I believe as that goes on, persecution will come with that. I believe that. This passage is teaching us, though, that this stuff we face, it's just a slight momentary problem. Because we'll have eternity. We have an eternal weight of glory that's beyond all comparison. And we know that's true because Jesus Christ came out of the grave. We will be resurrected. You can have confidence in that. Jesus said the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. Someday, you are going to die. Unless Jesus comes back first, someday you are going to die. There's going to be a gathering like this. Maybe more people here or less. I don't know. And it may not be here, but it's going to be somewhere. And your body will be up front. And a preacher will say some words about you. They may sing a couple of songs. 
You may have family get up and cry and read a poem or say something about how much they loved you. And then they're going to put your body in the ground somewhere. Or they'll spread your ashes or whatever they do with you. Someday that's going to happen to you and to me. It's going to happen to all of us. And knowing that, this is tremendous comfort to me. To know that when that happens, that won't be the end. To know that when that happens, I will come forth out of that grave when I hear the voice of Jesus on that final day. And the last point here is that because Jesus came out of the grave, you can be forgiven. He was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification. Now, I want you to think about this verse for a second. He said He was delivered up because of our offenses. What does that mean? He was delivered up. That means He was given to be killed, right? Because of our offenses. What does that mean? Well, it means because of the sin you've committed, right? And because if we're to be saved, He's got to be delivered up. That's what the conversation in the garden between the Father and the Son was. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. There was no other way. He had to be delivered up. And He was. He was delivered up for our sins because of the wrong that we've done, our offenses. He was crucified. He was killed. But that last part. And He was raised up because of our justification. What does that mean? He was raised up because of our justification. Well, you know what justification is, right? Just means you're right in the eyes of God. Being justified means that you've been made right in the eyes of God. And what this passage is saying is that Jesus Christ, because of our sin, was taken and He was crucified and He paid for our sin. And God put on Him all of the sin of the world. And He paid the price for that. And when that price was fully paid to vindicate the death of His Son, God brought Him back out of that grave to prove that the payment had been made. And every promise He ever made was true. Everything He ever said was right. And we can count on that. And you can have your sins forgiven. You can be right with God. You can know that the holy God of the universe who created you and loved you enough to send His Son for you looks on you and smiles instead of looks on you and shakes His head in, in shame because you have accepted the death, the burial, and the resurrection of His Son Jesus Christ as payment for your sin. Are you a Christian? Have you followed this? Do you believe this? Are you willing to make this your life's pursuit and to have all your labor worthwhile in Jesus Christ? If you're not, we offer an opportunity for you to do that. You can be baptized into Christ. Or if you have another spiritual need you want to bring before the church, please come to the front while we stand and sing.